please take my hand. Now open your mind to me. Please open your mind. Open your mind. Open your mind. This is Monica Perez, your libertarian voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. Uh, generally speaking, however, we do make room for UGA football, which is coming soon. And uh, often we, uh, my producer Binkley and I, will have a show here on WSB on Sundays. And I'll let you know when that is. If you sign up for our Twitter accounts at Monica Perez Show or at Freedom Act Radio, you can find that out. We also do podcasts offline uh, and post those. And we post our shows, our WSB shows, without commercials on the same podcast feed, which uh, I usually tell you to go to PropagandaReportDaily.com or MonicaPerezShow.com to get all that. But WordPress pulled everything that I'm associated with for absolutely no good reason or actually no reason, apparently. Uh, they don't like me. They said I. they don't feel that I align with their terms of service, which... I didn't think that was a feeling. <laughs> they write it down. It's a contract. It's like a weird way to break up with somebody. It was. I really, and I felt hurt. I have to say, I really, I actually felt the way I had felt when my car was broken into, like smashed. The window was smashed and the radio was stolen. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, I just felt like violated because they took all my stuff and I thought it was gone forever. I mean, this was, that was like, made me sick. Uh, so... But eventually it'll be back. I think you may be able to access it now. Yeah, you might have to clear your browser history because it's going to redirect you to WordPress and they're going to tell you that your computer will explode if you <laughs> <laughs> try to access my stuff. But you can still go to those URLs. Um, great guy at CC Design, uh, who you can also find on Twitter, is helping us reconstruct these sites. Hopefully they'll be back bigger and better than ever. And in the meanwhile... Um, Binkley at Freedom Act Radio, so on Twitter, at Freedom Act Radio, he tweeted how you can just get our podcast without having to go to any blog or website. Uh, and that nor sounds like a big, long ad, but it's really just a way to recap what we've been talking about and that this is, there's a massive crackdown on free speech. And I've been talking about it, I think, um, I can see that in January of 2017, I have here on my desk, thank goodness, um, a, my table here, the, uh, um, some of my relevant blog posts that I had fortunately printed out. And one of them was the first amendment fading fast, which I did in January, 2017. Uh, but I, I hadn't really thought about it, um, as anything more than just the general elimination of our rights one by one. I kind of like every year pick the right, I think the bill of rights right that I think is getting attacked. And I've usually been pretty spot on. We had four, five, six, two, obviously is always in the crosshairs. One I pegged for last year. And, um, but I think there's something even, uh, more imminent than, than just the general creeping totalitarianism. And that is because there are so many portents of war right now. Uh, I, I just, I'm going to recap, um, I'm going to take calls 404 872 1-800-WSB-TALK. I, I'm 
uh, Tariq, one of my favorite callers, is on the line. So just hang on a second. I just want to rattle off why I've been seeing the portents of war for a while now. And I think you always get that just to justify defense spending. They're always going to beat the drums of war for that. But when I went, I went to Russia and I actually got a tweet from someone saying, um, or a message from someone saying, maybe this is because you went to Russia. They're taking you down <laughs> as a Russian agent, you know? But I went to Russia and I could see, because I'd been to Russia before once, 10 years ago, and I could see that economically they were thriving. And as one um, English guy who lived there, he said, uh, I thought they'd be insulted, but I said, it's just like Germany now. And they were all excited, you know, because that's what they wanted. And so you see, I could see a pattern that, that existed before the other world wars, which is Russia and Germany, Russia as an alternative to England as an ally for people like Germany, for the regular European countries, is a threat to England. So therefore, it's a threat to the Anglo-American alliance. And they're going to demonize Russia. So that's happening. That's very World War-y. And, uh, but there's a lot of stuff that I've seen that is very uh, portentous, if that's a word. It's a portends war. Um, generals at the top. Trump's first act as president was to sign a bill waiving the restriction on a recent general from running um, the Defense Department. So that was the first act. I found that to be extremely symbolic, and I believe it was meant to be. I believe it was meant to be. I don't think these things happen uh, inadvertently. We have what what was in John Adams' time, the Alien and Sedition Acts, the Alien and Sedition Issues, getting rid of aliens and suppressing contradiction of government's narratives. That was a big issue in our early history because Adams wanted to get us into that French war. <laughs> I can't remember even. But the fact was that the, the Alien Sedition issue is bigger than the war in our history because they were um, done away with. But I feel like they're, the spirit of them is returning. Um, we have this, the crackdown on immigration, which folds into that. And it's based on ethnicity and religion and all that. Uh, there's trade barriers, which I consider to be a return to domestic production, which is, which is what's called the war footing, um, military buildup. Trump talked about that. The strongest Navy ever. All talk of reducing the military budget is gone. Even Obama stopped talking about that by the end. There's lots of saber rattling, belligerent talk against so-called enemies. As we impose sanctions on people, sanctions are acts of war. Yeah, they just are. Um, talk of war parades. And, uh, and a very telling thing, I think, is encouraging discord at home. So keeping us pitted against each other based on polarizing political atmosphere, on um, uh, identity issues, this distracts from the real issues, like people are not seeing what's what's really happening here, and it prevents us to uh, our unity in resisting a war, which none of us should be in favor. None of us would be in favor of it. This is a war for the power by the power, and uh, ultimately, if you have enough unrest or even like an economic collapse, that begins to justify in people's minds the war as a way to unify us as a way to get us out of this. So, uh, it, it just, it, and it plays into the hands of those who use war and civil unrest to 
impose collectivism or totalitarianism. If you know Norman Dodd, if he's still on YouTube, an old interview, Norman Dodd, where he talks about how the Carnegie Foundation in their minutes before, well before World War One, they talk about uh, a war as their conclusion as the best way to convert us from collective, from individualistic mentality to collective, to rewrite our history and transform our culture. So th- these... You know, these things can all be used without war, I think, to shape us. But if you see, if you layer on top of this, the suppression of the free press, which we're seeing now en masse, I think you really, it ha- it has to tip the scales in favor of thinking that something big is coming. They don't, don't want to face criticism over. And I think that you turned me on to that, that little nugget, Binkley, and I found it to really bring the whole, the, you know, crack the code. Oh, great. <laughs> it's simple, but it says it, and that's good <laughs> that you're not going to, uh, to respond at length because I really want to hear from Tariq. Tariq, you, you, are you ready for me, Tariq? Uh, you are I, on the I, air. Thank you for waiting. I, I sure am, and thank you. Look, I want to be very quick because I know my time is short, but are you familiar with the author by the name of Arthur Thompson. He, no. he wrote a book, To the Victor Go the Myths and Movements, and he gave a lecture at the John Birch Society uh, in, on October 19th of 2016. And the, and the title of his lecture was What You Are Not Supposed to Know About America's Founding. And one, as we talked about earlier with starting of, of our philosophers and all of the movements and that transpired to lead us to two major directions. One was individual rights, but he talked about the Illuminati. And if you look at the Illuminati that was established technically on May, I think May 1st, 1776, he goes over briefly, I'm going to be real quick because he goes over briefly goals of the Illuminati. It's the overthrow of all government, the destruction of religion, the abolition of private property, the death of individualism, the deification of sensuality. We know said a lot in the 60s, you know, do ever what feels good, blah, blah, blah. The repudiation of marriage, the state control of children, the establishment of the world order. And you see that uh, there are, there's one of their major attitudes is society determines the shape and form of its government. And if you change society, you change the government. And when you, are familiar with and, and review the material that's in there, it goes over all of the different... In fact, there's, a, there, there's always been a worldwide council. In the first World War, I think one of the earliest uh, worldwide councils, you had Thomas Paine as a member, Lafayette, and Benjamin Franklin. All right, you've and, got to wait, Tariq. I'm going to ask you to yeah. hold through to the break. I want to get the guy's name again. And I also, okay. after the break... Um, I also want to question you about John Birch because I feel like they there's some stuff with them that people have criticized as being controlled opposition. I don't know anything about them, but before I can advocate anything that comes out of that, I, I want to know your opinion. So hang on. Uh, I'll be right back. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. Very refreshing to hear. Even when you don't know about something that we can go down, if you want to say a rabbit hole, but just look at things differently. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. I didn't want to go down the rabbit hole. 
They made me go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> ah, you got to wonder um, why you can't question some things. So I have a prize pack for you. I always love that. Very cheerful. A pair. It's actually a really, really good one. A pair of tickets to opening night of Corteo by Cirque du Soleil. It's coming to Infinite Energy Arena August 29th through September 2nd. So if you don't get the prize pack and you just want to buy tickets, tickets are on sale at CirqueDuSoleil.com. But you can get this pair of tickets calling 404-741-0750. But I want to... Awesome. And I I just want Tariq to tell me two things because this is our our very short segment. You were saying... What is the name of the guy who you want us to... Arthur what? Arthur Thompson. First of all, I'm not pushing the John Birch Society. Yeah, but, you got to be careful just, because people yeah, think not, if we... I'm, no, know. I'm not doing that. But what I am saying is in, for those that want to gather more knowledge, this is a good, I think, a, a resource that definitely needs to be addressed. All right, what do you and, react to this, Tariq? Hold on. Binkley had a comment after you rattled off that list of their goals. Binkley, what was your reaction? That sounded like the 10 planks of communism that's in the communist manifesto well look that's my point the illuminati was started in germany and from that you got uh communism Karl marx you got nazism and you got fascism and you know you, you're talking about wars well this is one in in one of the major ways that they try to change society is by starting wars some people think that that's one of the drivers of the Civil War. It wasn't just slavery, even though that was a big bone of contention, but it had been that way for quite a long time. But when John Burke started, I mean, uh, Brown started killing people, it, it just, well, I don't know. I, well, Tariq, I got to take a break. <laughs> I went until the very end of always hanging fat, fat, <laughs> fascinated by what you have to say. We're going to check that stuff out. Thanks for all of them. Thanks for calling. See you, talk to you in a sec at Monica Perez Show. Monica Perez. Wow, that was intense. On News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. That was intense, actually. This was very personal and emotional for me. Seven years of work, I thought, erased when WordPress decided to ban me forever. And uh, I believe somewhere it said I couldn't even engage, like, on their, what was it, the help help With the help forums? They don't want you poisoning the... (laughs) You know, the conversation in there. I don't know if people are just tuning in, but literally I put up a picture that I would have taken down and they're like, no, no, you have every right to have that picture there. And then they're like, you're bad. (laughs) And so they took all of my sites down forever. I mean, it's so (laughs) crazy. You're not allowed on the premises. I know, but I didn't do anything and I can't prove it because I can't have access to the stuff that I did to show that I didn't do anything wrong. Ah, take a breath. Okay. Anyway, if you want to hear the whole story, uh, I think we're going to get back up and running. If you can't figure out how to get back up and running, my savior is at C-C-D-Z-I-N-E on Twitter. He's helping me. And um, we're going to reconstruct it all. The URLs will work, may already work. MonicaPerezShow.com, PropagandaReportDaily.com. But if you want the podcasts, Freedom Acts Radio, at Freedom Acts Radio. Binkley here just tweeted how you can get to the podcast anyway. So in a day or two, this show will be up. 
uh, without commercials, and you can get the whole story. It's very interesting. It's not just me venting. I mean, it's really got some twists and turns. And the crazy part is that most people won't tell the true story of what happened to them because they don't want to get booted off their other internet sites. Yeah. But I, I've got nothing left. <laughs> but I have this platform, which amazingly is totally protected, and that it drives me crazy because that's me playing into what I think is the real... One of the purposes of this whole narrative is to get of this dialectic, this um, lefty social media bans conservatives. I'm not a conservative. I'm a libertarian. I'm really not a conservative. Like people get mad at me for not being on the show, the station when they can't. She's not a conservative. Therefore, she must be a liberal, not a liberal. Um, <laughs> Wait, th there's a third option. Oh, a yes. Fourth option. And guess what? Now, the only third option you can access is Alex Jones. Oh. So I said Alex Jones was setting us all up. You said it too. And they took him down. A lot of fanfare. I did a whole show about it two weeks ago. Then I went down with the ship along with everybody else I like. And Alex Jones, who I thought was setting us up anyway, popped back up. And now guess what? If you want to know the third way, the alternative interpretation, you go to him. And I think he's controlled opposition. So, and the guy who turned me on to that idea, called him Disinfo Jones, American Everyman, has been taken down. He's now nomadiceveryman.blogspot.com, so you can get his views, but that's what's happening here, and it's kooky. If Socrates were alive today, he would have been banned from WordPress. Yes, but uh, for <laughs> I, that, I hope that... What actually happened to Socrates is not the next step here. But it does remind me of how, I believe it was both Wilson and Lincoln, in the face of unpopular wars, and John Adams with the Alien Sedition Acts, uh, suppressed public debate, um, even jailed or persecuted journalists in direct violation of both the letter and spirit of the First Amendment. Now, this has different issues because these big tech platforms pretend like they're 100% private property, which I would say they're absolutely not. I don't believe in mixed property like this, but it does exist. So what are you going to do? They're and also, it crowds out strictly private platforms? Yeah, they're also a nation in and of themselves, like an international nation, a digital nation. What? Oh, what? Facebook. Facebook, uh, the internet, I mean, people from all over the world. There's no borders online. Man, you're blowing my mind. No I, uh, borders, no walls online. So what are your... Right, so there's no... Is Are there no... They're, they're going to be kowtowing to these, uh, I guess, EU standards, and uh, Facebook well, already here's is. That, that's so interesting that you bring that up, because I've been talking about four years totally unrelated to this issue. The concept of regulatory barriers to entry so there's um i think james corbett who i love still up and running corbettreport.com says that uh he but he doesn't he's not in this country and he's not doesn't put his platform on this stuff but he says he he wrote like uh he did a, a big movie or something that oil garky or I don't, I don't know how big oil took over the world something like that and he lays out this concept that i learned in business school and observed myself this regulatory barriers to entry that the progressive era so-called the trust busting era actually solidified the domination of the rockefellers in the oil industry because then it looked like there were seven competing companies nobody could touch them but they own them all anyway and that's okay that's not disallowed 
So when I saw the EU privacy rules pop up and I have no faith in any, I believe that these regional bodies are so totally corrupt and in the service of globalism, I have no expectation that they're defending the people. Although Europe is a little funny like that. It's sometimes harder. Uh, They sometimes have some laws that are harder to bust through and others that don't even exist. You know, you just don't know for sure if this is a a setback for the globalists or a victory for the globalists. So they had these EU privacy laws and I predicted then I read in um, the Wall Street Journal that I was absolutely right. And I've actually spoken to people who are affected by this, that the privacy laws are interpreted by big tech in such a way as to be too strict for smaller guys to adhere to. And that interpretation is being generally accepted. So it probably wasn't, didn't get through in the EU law because it was obviously too strict, but they just de facto made it strict by executing it extremely, the big tech did, and the little guys are getting absolutely squeezed out. And I actually know somebody personally in this country who tries to adhere to those laws because it has, he has an international presence who said it's actually very difficult and costly to abide by those laws. So you're going to get a consolidation. So then little guys either have to drop out or sell to the big guys who have the massive presence to justify, you know, one solution that you develop a solution. You can, if you can leverage that across a larger platform, it's more cost effective. So the big guy is going to have the advantage in, in real economics, smaller companies, companies that are very specific in what they do have an advantage because they can get capital, they can get money that um, is looking for that specific exposure. If somebody has money to spend and they have to expose themselves to like a conglomerate, it messes up their ability to control their own portfolio. So you really, in the state of nature of economic free markets, you want to have um, a you know, hermetically cordoned off. So like in a downturn, you usually have a bust of conglomerates and aggregates into their little pieces because it's harder for them to get. They have to kowtow to the financial markets a little more than when everybody's looking to put their money somewhere. And I don't mean to derail that, but I'm just saying the fact that companies and corporations are getting bigger and bigger and bigger and focused on the top, that's not a natural economic situation. It, 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 there's a thing called the race to the bottom, which takes profits out uh, as capital finds a home um, that has higher return. So all these things work together to level the playing field. So when you see something getting bloated at the top, you can look, you're probably going to find some some systematic problem there based on a policy that interferes with free market activity. So uh, so the EU laws, I think, you know, and, and anything that comes out of this, you're going to see only the big guys remain. So... Uh, and I and I actually, before this thing even came down, I had noted that a fairness doctrine from the right, which plays into Binkley what you've said about Edward Bernays, he says, if you want to do something to people, make them beg for it. So Obama wanted to do a fairness doctrine, return a fairness doctrine, or do something like that, have government operatives on every newsroom floor to make <laughs> sure everything was on the up and up, something really kooky, that Fox was decrying, um, and then... Uh, the right just hated it. And now Trump's coming up with, oh, we've got to do something. I heard on Fox just this week, a guy named Brett, I don't know who it was, a guest. I don't think it was Brett Baer. He said, uh, he was on Varney and company, and he said, and this, I'm quoting this, conservatives need to have equal footing in making these decisions. And the decisions he was talking about were censorship decisions. So he didn't say, we shouldn't have censorship. He said, we need a seat at the table. And my response was, the left and the right 
the war- warfare and welfare advocates at CNN and Fox, they're always going to have a seat at the table. And if you want them both to have seats at each other's table or whatever, I don't know, that's never going to be a problem. You're never going to have a lack of welfare and warfare ad- advocates. You are going to have wh- where there isn't a place is the libertarian viewpoint, the Ron Paul view- viewpoint that says, I don't want welfare or warfare. So he was silenced by the media. He would not have a seat at the table. But then you have Alex Jones, who's like this faux libertarian. I think he used to call himself a libertarian. Maybe he still does. But this faux uh, third way. And he gives you Trump, who I, and this is when people start really getting mean to me. I think he's a faux third way. I'm not saying he's disingenuous. I'm just saying $1.3 trillion budget? I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just saying uh I don't think that he's the Ron Paul of of this uh, election cycle. I think he's a third way that's acceptable to um, the big government advocates on left and right. And that's what the Fairness Doctrine is going to bring us to. I have a quote from a European Union organization that held a panel discussion back in February that where they give what they believe some of their solutions should be. To the uh, Facebook and what platform. what exactly is the entity that you're talking about or person or whatever? It is called the European Political Strategy Center, and it, it was a panel for preserving democracy in the digital age. Say that again. That was a lot for me to preserving democracy in the digital age. Oh, and you know, I think that this is all about neutralizing uh-huh. democracy. Yeah. Transforming democracy. And what was the who was the person or entity? The person speaking is a guy named Rasmus Kleiss Nielsen, who is a professor of political communications and research director at Reuters Institute for the Study of Journalism at the University of Oxford. Wow. So that's that's as globalist uh, as you get. This is a think tank with some of the people from the Chatham House and uh So the Chatham House is the parent of the Council on Foreign Relations, just yes. so you know. And here is what he said back in February of this year when asked about what they should do about, you know, the problems with misinformation and fake news. Okay. He says, "We need to put constant and public pressure on advertisers ad tech companies and platform companies that have enabled monetization of information that is potentially harmful for our democracies. They need to be encouraged, even pressured, to take seriously the responsibilities that come with being such a central part of infrastructure of free expression. Hold on. You gotta read that again. Did he just say information that is harmful to our democracy? Yes, that's what he said. Kind of like hate speech that's very vague and not... But but information is not harmful to democracy. It's the it's the essence. So the first the first amendment is first for a reason. What? Free speech and freedom of the press are critical. It's not a functioning democracy. That's why I said democracy is now neutralized. Can you read that again? And then we got. I can. He said, "We need to put constant and public pressure on advertisers, ad tech companies, and platform companies that have enabled monetization of information that is potentially harmful for our democracies." They need to be encouraged, even pressured, to take seriously the responsibilities that come with being such a central part of infrastructure of free expression. I completely get it now. Everything that you've been telling me, I totally get, which is this. You were saying we really got to cut through a break. Let me tell you right after the break what you were saying. (laughs) Well, coming together for me now. 
This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez. You peel off the layers of the onion on things that we never, ever hear. On News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Wrapping it up, but Binkley just brought it all together for me. Reading a quote from the Chatham House or somebody at the Chatham House, which is the parents of the Council on Foreign Relations, the mothership here in the U.S., and he said, we need to, uh, can you summarize it in one second? We have like no time. They need to put pressure on the advertisers and tech companies um, that monetize information that's potentially harmful for our democracies. Right. And and I realize you were also sending me stuff about this woman, Shannon Coulter, mm-hmm. maybe, yeah. who has an app that can demonetize uh, your Twitter feed, take all the ads from specific people off your Twitter feed, which, by the way... Twitter does not allow mass unfollow and all that stuff. Why they allow her app, I don't know. But my point is this. If the if the attack is on monetization, it's, it's not really the advertisers. There's a lot. Their advertising dollars can be used in a lot of ways. But if you look at Twitter, YouTube, stuff like this, it has WordPress and YouTube more than anything, which are two things that, the, the two things that eliminated me, they, they, uh, or curtailed me, they, that's like the great, I hate this word, but the great democratization of information and entertainment. Anyone can do it. It's the gig economy. It's us. It's you, particularly Binkley, who rely on donations to keep our podcasts going. Uh, and a lot of people, that that's how they make their money. So it's the little guy who's going to suffer from this. And we are. Alex Jones is back up and running. And the rest of us, thousands of us probably, are out of a platform. So, um, but check out at Freedom Act Radio or at Monica Perez Show for constant updates. Our platform's going to be back up in no time. You'll be able to get podcasts of this show if you just tuned in. You're going to want to hear it. And of all of our work, I think we've saved it all. So, till next time, this is Monica Perez. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.